Welcome to Inspiring Salon Professionals, the podcast that allows every therapist, nail tech and stylist to level up, build their career and reach for their dreams. Each week we'll be looking at a different area of the industry and along the way I'll be chatting with salon owners, industry leaders and mentors who'll be sharing their stories on how they achieved their goals and made their successes. I'm Sue Davies, your host, award-winning salon owner and industry professional. Welcome to Inspiring Salon Professionals. Hi there and welcome to Inspiring Salon Professionals, the podcast that helps you grow your business and your personal development too. Um, this week we are talking with the lovely Sam Blake. I met Sam first of all at the beginning of the pandemic last year and um, we've done a few things over the, that time together and, um, and have been working towards the same calls at all times really. Sam is very, very dedicated to health and safety and um, is currently focusing quite heavily on self-care and welfare for your team. So we are going to be talking about that this week. Also, I'm sure we'll be touching on the fact that we have Omicron amongst us and um, what that means for your business. I know that Sam gets a lot of questions around how to deal with ventilation and many, many other things and different protocols. So we'll try and cover as much as we possibly can. And I will see you on the other side of the interview and I'll hand over to um, myself and Sam now. Thanks a lot. Okay, so you're joining us with Sam Blake this afternoon and um, Sam is from Safer Salon and she's a Safer Salon geek and all sorts of things around health and safety nowadays. Um, and as I said, um, Sam and I met last year and I'm really pleased to have her on the podcast with me today. So Sam, would you like to give us a little introduction into your background and what it is you're actually doing now? Because I know you're sort of moving around a little bit on what you have been doing. Hi Sue, thanks for having me. First of all, this is the first oh, time I've you. ever done a podcast. And this is going to be interesting. Yes. Um, so I'm Sam Blake. I'm the Safer Salon Geek. Geek being the operative word. I've been a geek throughout the whole of my career in our industry. 31 years this year, I'll say it quickly. Wow. Um, I'm White Tights Brigade. So the old elf and safety because it's Christmas. Yeah. Um, that was me from the beginning. decorations. I know. <laughs> I should get a little tree. I've got a tree over there. Maybe I'll just get it and stick it on my shoulder. You just need some of them dealing boppers. <laughs> oh, anyway. oh, when you're moving. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was Sedesco and SIPTRAC trained. I was one of the first years of the old MVQ. So health and safety was just what you did and it was drummed into you. So I've had the most fantastic career as a therapist manager corporate independent little large um went into teaching was teaching for 16 years so i'm an iqa assessor and all that malarkey did um course development um and i'm very much of you as you've gathered whatever i do i will do it to the nth of my ability so i could have yeah. gone and done an ebosh level three uh, that's not me. I'm there with me three years that I've got to do um, my level six um, NCIQ. Because we started, I started my new book last year and I still haven't finished even that. And you were going, I'm going to do my level six. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not finishing it for you. And I bet you do finish it before. <laughs> I am going to get my new uh, I'm going to do it. With, I yeah. mean, I will say for me it is stop and start because of the C words, <laughs> mm. I'm reluctant to say that because I am I am the COVID woman, as we know. Yes. Um, which is not why I went into this. No. You know, no. the whole passion three is about the whole ergonomic, your body mechanics, 
all because I had a car accident or two that that's the thing that kind of um, knocked me out of doing um, treatments and into teaching full time. But um, yeah, it's personal safety is a biggie for me, massive one yeah. and the lone work thing. Um, and also sustainability, you know, being more greener in our industry and being very mm-hmm. aware of that and, and aiming for that. So they're kind of my power three. <laughs> not yeah, and not COVID. Not, not COVID. <laughs> but, it's, um, I think, but when, you know, when we first met last year, I think it must have been in Maggie's, in Marion Newman's group, in Maggie's chat show yeah. um, on Facebook. And and there was the uh, yeah the hopefully inimitable mask gate scenarios that were oh, going on, and it, I mean it was truly horrendous, wasn't it? And I think we were all so concerned and so worried and stressed, and what was going to happen to our businesses. And and I know that there was there was lots of people, yourself included, um, that that stepped up, and we all kind of you know did our bit for the industry. And yeah, for you, you became like the mask person, the COVID person. <laughs> And I just became the person that did like a video <laughs> and, then, and then got roped into the Federation of Now Professionals. And, um, oh, and here we are today. Yeah. But do you know yeah. what? For all the all the negativity, I think, you know, our community, our industry, it's just shown the metal of what we're made of, hasn't yeah, it? Absolutely. And just that camaraderie and collaboration mm-hmm. over competition yeah. um, and just just really getting some good change going yeah. in our industry. So I think absolutely. that's that's I think, a good thing yeah there was just so, there was so much positive that came out of that and uh, and I know and it was a horrendous time for all of us on so many different mm-hmm. levels but but there was you know just the understanding of of health and safety food for you must be quite a, a big factor because you know before that there wasn't that many professionals that were taking health and serious oh, health look, and safety that seriously teaching teaching privately and sort of visiting local salons and things and do, doing a bit of support work and just seeing that Barberside wasn't being changed on the side, just yeah. small things like that. That's what started me, me juices going and thinking, well, who's actually doing this from an educational standpoint in industry? Um, I mean, look, when I was looking at something different to do, I've got a dog grooming course, I've got carpentry and I've got health and safety. the three things that I want to do before I retire yeah um and I just thought yeah health and safety that will be a a good niche to get into um and I can still teach and do what I do um who knew who knew yeah but um yeah it's I think there's certain sectors within the personal care sector and cam sector so I'm going to include the cam sector in this because yeah, absolutely. I serve as well. Um, and it, as, as we know, it all goes down to your education, what education you've had, yeah, the depth of it, the quality of it and who's taught you. And I think that has definitely shown quite loudly yeah. um, over the pandemic of, of a level of, of fear and, and not quite knowing where to go or what to yeah. do with things. Is. And I think it does show, you know, those of us that have had good educational input uh, could understand more of what was going on. We understood how it would impact our businesses. We understood how it's going to impact our teams. And uh, we were able to perhaps react in with less fear, maybe. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that was it. It wasn't that there was no fear. Word, fear. <laughs> yeah. But there was less fear. 
And I thought, I mean, I know going back that first day, even no matter how much I'd prepped and I bought my autoclave and I had visors and masks and gloves coming out of, like, out of every orifice, really. Um, but but the going back on that first day, I can remember driving to work and, and having a really bad anxiety waiting to yeah. go in. And it was, and I know I wasn't alone. And I got home that night and I was in pieces. And it was, and even though I knew that I, you know, relatively, I'd done everything I possibly could to mitigate every circumstance. Um, but, you know, and, and even just using that word mitigation, you know, and the, the term to mitigate, you know, that level of, of language was never really used in our industry previously. It wasn't commonplace. And, then, and now it is, which is a good thing, because we do need to understand what mitigation is and risk assessments and all of that kind of stuff. I think the, the, the two words that strike fit and the dog started to snore, it's going to be one of them. Oh, is it going to be one of them? Psychic, yeah, yeah, she's going to get shot Just in case Trev starts snoring because he's home. Because <laughs> <laughs> he probably will, he's going to sleep. Oh, no. um, well, the two, the two words that don't tend to have sort of resonated through is due diligence. And that goes from your insurance and your patch testing. Yeah right the way through to your risk assessments and the the key thing i think as well for me that hasn't been hammered home enough is your policies and your risk assessments yeah and whether that's your booking and cancellation policy or whether that's your cosh policy or your stress related policy if you've got a team you know it's it's things that have been possibly brushed over a little bit yeah beforehand that unless you've actually gone into business and even now we know you know that's why there's so many tremendous coaches within our industry that the business side of what we do is the afterthought yeah, sometimes the health and safety gets lumped in with that doesn't it yeah. and I think we do I think you know because what we do is provide a, a, a can't speak today what we do is we provide practical services generally we aren't we don't provide written services for our clients or anything like that. You know, we, we don't provide to all intents and purposes to the outside world. We don't provide an academic business. No. So, like, we're not that kind. We're not that business model and we are office based or whatever. So people expect us to put our hands on them and do something. Yeah. And within that, that isn't necessarily seen as having a health and safety impact. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So and, like, just today I've been yeah been brooding on something that i saw this morning and uh, which i'm not going to go into because i don't want to get into a whole drama on facebook but i was quite yeah quite quite concerned this morning by something i saw and was just like wow and it's and it is just like that, that complete lack of of recognition that there's health and safety implication and um and it still it still isn't there in so many ways the rhetoric was very much i need to see somebody visiting my business Mm. to tell me that I'm either doing the right thing or to, well, what are they going to do? They're going to come in and find me. Yeah. That to me shows a lack of regard actually for their clients. Mm. That the first and foremost is what well, I'm going to try and get away with not doing because there's no consequence yeah. without actually fully understanding that the consequence could be something happens to the client. The client can prove it. Mm. then what have you got your insurance company are going to turn around and say no we're not covering you for that when they investigate and then you're left with a personal claim yeah so again that can cost you your oh exactly that that lack of actual understanding of if I don't do what is expected um and again the whole thing with its guidance 
yeah. my world you do and I've said it all the way through you do as good as or better than any guidance that you're ever given yeah. because the the core fundamental of health and safety is to keep people safer yeah you can't always keep people as safe as you'd like but it's about keeping people safer and that that goes for your community for me as well that if if you're the business who is quite complacent about it then you know you're there within your community as a business mm. it only takes one client you know that's whether that's that's a poor set of brows or somebody saying I caught COVID at yeah but so it's not always about the legal implication it's about that ripple effect of yeah is or you know or, or even I've just had one spring to mind with me I had a client many years ago came in to me for I think she was coming for a set of lashes and she'd been to have a facial the night before and as she laid down she I'd done her consult with her she didn't declare anything on a consultation she laid down and she said um oh by the way I went to um, have a facial last night um and I'm th I think it's probably okay but the therapist had impetigo and I was like no, seriously, why are you in my salon? <laughs> Would you like to leave now? And um, she said, like, no, it's fine. She washed her hands. I said, yeah, and then she sat over your face with her face. Um, yeah, but she's had, it for, she's had it for a couple of weeks and she's not infectious now. Well, did she still have redness on her face and was it still inflamed? Yeah. I'm like, okay, like, if you can just sit up for me, please, because I'm not going to sit, not sitting anywhere near you now. And I looked at her face and she had a couple of very small marks on her face. And I said to her, I think you need to go home and you need to go and book a done appointment with your GP or you need to go and see a pharmacist because I think you might have impetigo. And if you'd now, now like to leave my premises, <laughs> she was mortified. But the fact that I, you know, thank goodness I caught that moment and I stopped her from having a treatment. But I don't know, if she, I mean, if she hadn't have declared that to me at that point, I would not have known. And that other therapist had been practicing for something like five or six days following what she thought was the yeah. advantageous period yeah. and um because she thought she I don't know she thought she knew better she didn't want to lose the money whatever it is you know we all know that 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 motivation money, driver yeah is um is a very difficult thing to manage but anyway yeah but that but that was just such a classic case of like it's, someone it's, not taking it's, it's safety it's serious. Tense, isn't it? that yeah. one client who's coming to you is going to go away and at some point tell 10 people yeah and it's it's the ripple effect rather than it being oh I'm going to get fined. It, it's not about that. Yeah. It is about that. But, but you know, you know that client could that. Have, you know, I mean, she actually had the hump with me, which I found really because I wouldn't do her lashes for this wedding. <laughs> um, but but I was like, I'll buy some strips. You know, I've got strips. You can buy some strips and apply them yourself. Goodbye. But, um, but I did. I mean, I had to go and do like you know full clean down of my treatment room because she'd been on my couch. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to do like I, the rest of the time that she should have been there. I spent cleaning my room because, oh, look, so I'm, because I'm diligent at what I do. I've got a story for pretty much every scenario. Having yeah. been a practicing therapist yeah. and, you know, I'm back in the day where you did lots. I mean, the one thing I flatly refused to go and train in was clonic hydrotherapy, let me tell you. Mm. You know, but everything from, I don't know, we did allergy testing right the way through to um, screening for diabetes and things to then sort of take people on a path of, of body treatments um yeah I, I can remember a client coming in with her little child and a little child coming into the treatment room and I'm thinking oh great you know back in the day when kids came into the treatment room with your yeah. wax pot your glass glass bead sterilizer I mean we're going back aren't we that here yeah just and I'm looking at the child and I'm thinking oh you're a bit spotty 
And then, oh, it's okay. She's just getting over chicken pox. And I've got a whole afternoon of pregnancy massage and pregnancy treatments. Yeah. And this client, when I flatly refused, I took a step back, opened the door, was out the door. And I said, I'm really sorry. I can't treat you. You need to leave. You know what? I wasn't, you know, all, all of it. And I actually had to say to that client, I have six women in this afternoon at various stages of pregnancy. Are you going to be responsible for something that yeah. could happen to them? Do you want to be responsible? No, this is it. And it's and to a degree, it isn't down to our clients, is it? I mean, it's about it is about the messaging that we put out yeah. as business owners and as um, you know, whichever whether you're a single solopreneur or whether you've got a you know, whether you've got six salons that you manage, the messaging that you put out should be that any infection that you have and it doesn't matter if it is chickenpox in your house or if it is yeah. in Patigo or if it's COVID or whatever it may be or if Any it's a common cold or even the common how cold many, how many times have oh, we had clients uh, come in with a cold oh I'm, I'm just getting over the flu and yeah, I'm just getting over it. Like to go and wash your hands again so you've just done that to your face you know it's just like please go and wash your hands have some sanitizer Oh, and, yeah. and this is it. And I mean, we were saying about this before we started recording, weren't we? About that whole thing of you know about Omicron and the changes that we you know are there you know really and truly there are no changes we should be making because we should be working at our highest level anyway. I think the thing point. that I want to really push is that client journey. You know, coaches will talk about it. You'll talk about it from a marketing PR point of view. But your customer journey for health and safety is paramount because mm -hmm. it is the only way that you can eliminate because we can't eliminate COVID, but we can eliminate the person coming into our business and put in mm -hmm. our business and ourselves now the clients at risk. But your pre-screening and your pre-medical screening even. And it, it's something like when I say this to an Altec or a Waxpert or Oh, well, I'll do a consultation when they come in. And I'm like, no, 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 no. If you start on your customer journey of the main generic general lines of questioning, and it is completely legitimate to send out a little pre-screen. Think about when you go to the dentist. And we used to send out a consultation form by email for them to complete before they arrived. You, you're eliminating that need and necessity to turn someone away and have that awkwardness yeah. and potentially that disgruntled client because they've made the trip to you. And again, if you haven't had the business background that you and I have had or you haven't had that training within how are you meant to know? You've got yeah. to fall, fall into the right group, let's call yeah. it, on Facebook. It's it. And it is in that classic, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So it's, I think the first thing that I would say to anybody listening to this is review your customer journey, review your website, your communication on there. And I'm not talking just about the C word. And really, and, and to a degree, we have to kind of normalise COVID a little bit because, yes, yeah. you know, we are in the midst of a, We're a, gonna be living a, with it. a ravaging um, variant at the moment. But nothing really should change. Our protocol should remain the same and um, because we should be operating at a high level anyway. So we, exactly. shouldn't, we shouldn't be needing exactly. to change anything. You know, most of us have never dropped the mask. Most of us have never dropped the hand washing. Most of us have never dropped the sanitizer, the ventilation, all the other stuff that goes with it. And um, Com Complacency is where it goes all wrong. Yeah. So, again, in my other world, we talk about human factors, but, we, you know, we're talking about oil rigs, 
and yeah. you know, places like Porton Down and computer and chip factories and all, all sorts of things. But it's the same for us, that human factor, um, that negligence, Ooh. because it is negligence. If you completely disregard guidance, you are being yeah. negligent. Um, yeah. And then there's the whole legal thing that can go with that if it is ever proven. And there will be some clients who aren't going to the supermarket who are doing click and collect, who mm. are keeping to a bubble still. And it only takes, and the probability and likelihood is very low, but it only takes one of them in one salon in the whole of the UK to suddenly go, I got COVID from a salon. You know, the ripple effect from that would be pretty yeah. darn catastrophic, really. It is, absolutely. It's, so, it's, it's, it's such a difficult thing to manage, isn't it? And I think, like we were saying, you know, it doesn't matter what, what risk it is that's a, like a health risk that someone can bring into your salon. You know, we need to view all of them in the same way. Same way. They, exactly. may all have, they may all have slightly different connotations and some might be airborne, some may be like surface and there's lots of different ways that things can be transmitted. But but equally, that means that, you know, you just need to have your, your A game there, don't you? Well, it's all the reason why we don't double dip into a wax pot. Yeah. You know, back in the day, it was all, I mean, I remember going to college and I'm talking about filtering hairs. I know, I was just, I was just I'm, like, I'm so glad I missed that bit. I'm so glad I missed that because I never had to do it. But I can remember, I've, I know I've, I've trained therapists over the years um, that have, and I know therapists that have done that. And I just, I do, I can't think of anything more disgusting. <laughs> Just but I think it's a really Why good analogy. It's yeah. such a good analogy. Because yeah. if you think that was what I've been qualified, what, 31 years. So, yeah. In that length of time, look at how far we've come with oh. the tech that we use, with the products that we use, with the level of hygiene. You know, gone are the days that I used to call them the cat sunbed, you know, the UV cabinets. They're null and void now. And, you know, you'd, your autoclave had to be, you know, like a massive yeah a lot of pressure yeah pressure cooker type and then we've got the lovely little drawer ones now so that thing with how the industry evolves mm -hmm. and how our level has to evolve yeah um you know the the sort of precedent's been set of we know what best practice is now yeah we really do know what yeah. best practice is yes because we're verging on clinical in most of what we yeah. do you know and i think that we have to remember you know it might be that we're just touching someone's hair it might be that we're just touching someone's nails but fundamentally we are touching sources of disease infection. and infection yeah. <laughs> like, you know um, we, 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 we could get anything but you know and it isn't we know one thing i've considered many times over the years and especially when i started waxing um more i don't know why more so when i started i suppose because of the, the potential of like blood spores and stuff but um i can remember sitting and having a conversation with my g my gp about getting a hep b because it's you know we we really do need to consider the fact that we are working and especially with things like intimate waxing, we are working in areas that generally only medics and nurses get yeah. involved in. Yeah. And we are touching those areas. Um, and whether that be in somebody's armpit or in their genital area or around their eyes or whatever it is, we, we work in areas that only doctors and nurses work in. Look, I will challenge anybody who's ever waxed any dingly danglies or mini moos on here yeah. or bums or anything else, tops of legs, to think back and think... Oh, yeah, that was just a skin tag. Mm. I'm going to wax around that because I bet you bottom dollar that there will be a high percentage of people listening to this who that wouldn't have been a skin tag. That would have been a genital wall. Yeah. So it's that. And oh, it'll be happen. okay. It'll I be okay. Have, I, have, 
I worked with a guy many, many years ago who was who had a very big problem with genital warts. And I remember at the time, I was only about 21 and I wasn't in this industry, I was in insurance at the time. And, and yeah, I don't, know where, I don't know how come I, I was made aware of it, but I was I was quite, um, oh my God, like that's, does that actually even exist? But he had, it took him months to get rid of them and they're so contagious. Well, you, you don't ever get rid of HPV. HPV, it's no. like cold sore virus, it's within you, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, when you start digging... <laughs> so we need to talk about the, 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 the what ifs and maybes. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it could potentially frighten a lot of people off of the industry. Yeah, but, but it, it, I, I, I do think you know, as well, it's like you know, one of the things that I've been talking about in the, my career pathways thing that I was doing up, up until recently is about trying to get you know these about people coming into industry to understand that we don't just paint nails and just do makeup and just make people's hair look pretty. That is not what we do. We fundamentally examine people's skin and do things to it in annoying their nails or their hair. And um, and, and so with that sometimes comes some less than pleasant experiences. Exactly, exactly. Um, talking of less than pleasant experiences. <laughs> Where's this going? Where's this going? <laughs> Oh, I'm going on to ventilation, but I'm going to I'm going to give everybody a bit of a kind of challenge here. Of you know, if you've got that diffuser, or I don't know, let's say you've you we've all done it. We've all gone into the treatment room before we've taken the client in and passed wind because it's the only bit of time that we've got to actually do it. Yeah. <laughs> you get your spray out and you're spraying and you've got your aromazone and everything else done. You're thinking, oh, just ventilate the room right yeah my point is if you've got that <laughs> I don't know if you'll get on to ventilation my mind that's why I'm, I'm with you so I'm with you but health and safety doesn't mean that you're just stoic no it doesn't <laughs> health and safety can be fun oh uh, look I'm the one when I was teaching I used to go and get a packet of cards for Ann, Ann Summers just before we had offsetting get me banana stickers out that I used to give to the kids and I'd stick them over bits and pieces and hide them in people's work. So that's oh, what we're dealing with here. I'm an absolute nightmare. <laughs> you've got a smile and you need a smile at work. Yeah. Um, anyway. you are. Come on then. <laughs> so you're in your treatment room and you're, you know, the, the room that you get hot in, the room that you get a headache in, the room that smells linger. The room that you will put your aromazone in as you're doing the treatment and you'll have the door open and you'll go out and you'll have lunch and the smell's still in there. That's your room that you really need to focus on the ventilation. So the rule of thumb from the government for home is 10 minutes every hour. Realistically, the level of air exchange you should get in a room that we're working in is kind of seven to eight times, really depending on the, the sort of size of space. But you're not going to be sitting doing a facial or doing a massage with the window open at one end of the salon or the window in your room for the whole of the service because we're in winter. Yeah. So it's, it's about that balance of considering, I call them your red zones, and thinking, okay, so 15 minutes, I'm going to have a cup of tea and I'm going to be doing my clean down. What I also need to be doing is I need to be opening all my doors and all my windows because I'm not going to have anybody in the salon at that point. We're going to take a break. And I know this for a lot of people is going to sound really unrealistic. Yeah. And I've run a business. I've run several businesses. I've run independent and corporate. But if you're talking about real proper mitigation, then 
once or twice a day to do this, you're keeping your workforce safe and you're keeping yeah. your clients safer because that change yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Oh no, we're, we're business owners. We don't think of ourselves. No, we don't think of ourselves. <laughs> we just we need to do this. We need to, you know, we're part of it too. Exactly. Yeah. You need to, I call it purging. You need to yeah. purge the space. That air exchange, it's like the old fashioned air, and like my mother will say, open all the windows and the doors, I want to air the house. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing. You don't have to have everything wide open. You can have cracks. You know, it depends on your building. If you're in a newer building, you're kind of stuffed because you've got all the regs that it's there to kind of keep the temperature in. Yeah. So in that instance, you need to be thinking about how often you're opening your doors. You can open your fire door as long as you've got somebody standing there, you know, and making sure that it's closed and everything afterwards just to get that airflow through when you're purging. So no, you haven't got to sit with everything wide open, but it's even that door I remember it there's a, a treatment room that comes to mind and I used to feel ill by the end of the day I'd be in there and there'd just be no air exchange if the salon owner had just shaved a little bit off the bottom of that door yeah I would have got some air exchange through that's all it would yeah. have taken something simple so that's actually quite reasonably practical to do and if you're in an old building like my salon was then you've got lots of air exchange because none of the doors <laughs> it's it's like, it was built in 1904 and was yeah it was gappy gappy's um, good we like gappy yeah, we like gappy nowadays we do yeah. freezing in the front of the salon all through the winter but that's you know but in today's world that's a good thing it's, it's also the home salons who will mm. put the um and my brain's gone at this time of day oh crikey to stop the sound oh yeah um that doesn't allow for air exchange either. No. So it's the, can I use fans to air bounce from my front door or my back door or my open window? Not while the client's in, but to get it through and mm. get it bouncing door to door. Another good way is to go outside your salon and do the wet your finger if it's windy and put your finger up and see what way the air is actually coming towards your building. Yeah. So if I'm doing... Um, a safety management system for somebody I will go to the council and get the plan of, of the building and I want to know what the building's made out of and everything else and I will actually look at the weather charts and have a look at the way that the air flows around the area yeah. because it's so important isn't it that that whole thing you know we, I mean we were talking about this before and like you know my salon I could open up you know my salon was one long room really with a couple of rooms off it and I could open my front door to my back door and I would get the biggest draft draft yeah and I had one treatment room that was sat to the side that had my windows in and we had an expel air in there. So we put the expel air on to pull the air through into there. And um, and we could we could get really, you know, and in that building, I could get really good air exchange. But then I've got other people I know who've got salons that have got rooms where there isn't that airflow. It's like basement, upstairs, yeah. when you're in a building that goes right the way back into the desk. And so many treatment rooms have no windows, you know, they yeah. are built, they're built within buildings. And so consequently for soundproofing and all sorts of different reasons, they have no windows. So you can't get air exchanging. Exactly. And it does so make So this is where air bounce comes in. Yeah. And being smart with it. And I, I know that I sound like completely over the top of going out and finding what way the wind blows. But if you know what way the wind is blowing, you know what window or what door to keep open longer. Yeah. Because you're going to get more of a blast coming through there. Yeah. So... 
it's that thing of if you have that type of salon that you know isn't wind blowing through and and has that capability then your hygiene level you've got a I call it stepping up ramping up so where you'd toodle off to B&M and get your zooflora you've now got to consider actually I need to use a clinical product yeah so the whole aerosol droplet fomite it's highly unlikely in our environment that you're going to get um, fomite like touch surface transmission but it's still probable because again something that I think a lot of of people in our industry might not understand is the whole thing to do with the level of infection somebody's got present within them so that whole day cycle of of the viral load ramping up yeah if you are unlucky and have somebody who's on their highest day of viral load they're asymptomatic and they're shedding yes we're wearing face coverings that's your cherry on top yeah yeah it doesn't eliminate it it does not eliminate it I need to say that and keep saying that it's reducing it it's and it's protecting it's protecting others it's not protecting you exactly and the surfaces and the surfaces yeah so it becomes we're doing our layers our Swiss cheese effect we've got all of our different layers of our controls but that one thing where you've got the product that's not quite strong enough or you don't leave the product on for its workability time yeah. which is the other thing that I always pick up on yeah I think um, I think historically that's been a man I would have to say I mean for myself you know I've often gone around spraying with um with disinfectants and wiping straight away and and it wasn't really until COVID that I actually sat and read the instruction because it is and, I'm, and I'd consider myself someone that took my health and safety quite seriously but I I, I suppose because indoors which is most of our experience, you you know, you go around with your dental spray, you spray white, spray white. Look, but we're not trained not... to be cleaners. No. We're trained to be clean, yeah. but we're not trained to be cleaners. Again, something else that I'm addressing. So yeah. I always think back to my junior days when I was at college in the hair salon. I'd never picked a broom up in my life. My mother did everything for me. You know, so it's that that kind did of like... the broom forwards though? So again, did you push the broom forwards? I've had so many juniors do that over the years, and it's like, why are you doing that? Yeah. I, I will admit it, I was the push forwarder. You were. I was. Oh, I didn't dear. know what I was doing with it. I thought you just sat on it Halloween and flied around the moon. You know, yeah. it's just a case of what do I do with this thing? So again, it's a learned behaviour that if you haven't seen clean, or you haven't been taught how to actually use different colour cloths. You know, mm. how many salons are using the same cloth to clean their bathroom and their kitchen? Mm. Oh, it's all right. It's been through the wash. No. <laughs> no. Oh. Colour code, code your cloths. Um, it, it's that how clean is clean. So you think that you're clean. Yeah. Or you're relying on people who may not have, and we've all had it, the same level as clean as, as what you've mm. got. But then have you invested the time in them to actually repeatedly because it is a learned yeah. behaviour, showing somebody how to clean something properly. Yeah. Can't just rely on, you know how to do it, because we go back to, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, and it is, and it goes back to that pushing the broom forward thing. I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's points when pushing a broom forward is useful, but for most, because some people do push a broom forward, but generally, you know, if you haven't been shown that, I mean, I've had, I've had um, young girls in my salon that didn't know how to wash a cup up. They literally didn't know how to use washing up liquid. And it's like, like how, how, how? 
but you know and you, so literally you've got to teach them life skills yeah. And, and that is not uncommon in our industry no. to try and get them to understand that actually you spray that and dependent on the disinfectant or the sanitizer or whatever method of, dis of, of cleaning you're using that could be one minute two minutes five minutes or instant Do you know what i'm going to even bring in there again going back to my teaching days because one at one time in my life one of the things that i specialized in was dyslexia and anybody who was on the spectrum and helping people to access our world. Again, it's another thing that I'm very, very passionate about. Um, more disabled people, for example, within our industry. Mm. But there's that reliance, and I'll never forget it. When I was at college, one of my mates was severely dyslexic, severely dyslexic, and we we're in hairdressing, and she's phenomenal. And she has <laughs> stood there and molten browned this lady's one length waist length hair right and we've all at one point gone over and had a, she permed with neutralizer and neutralized with perm because she oh, couldn't read yeah. the bottle properly yeah and when you're in a state of anxiety because you're trying to get somebody's hair right so there's that element within our industry that yeah you may have staff members who won't disclose Mm. that they may even be illiterate yeah you know and it, it's that thing of how does that person then know what the contact time is on a bottle yeah and also you know as one thing that I've become aware of more so with um, a friend of mine who's got a salon and they had an issue with um, a, a reasonable percentage of their staff I think out of about seven staff they had three that couldn't tell the time properly you know and so and even factors like that come into it because if you, yeah. you know if it says two minutes and you're looking at a clock on the wall that's got hands rather than a digital clock exactly can you, can you actually tell because obviously a digital clock's easier to read because it's numbers and if you can read the numbers then that's okay but if you're looking at hands and you've never been shown how to do that or you've never understood it for whatever reason there may be or roman numerals yeah this is it i mean there's just there's so many factors isn't there that yeah. um that that put um, obstacles in the way of perfecting it's human factors yeah this is an example of human factors and then the complacency of how you take your mask off yeah because it's that touching the front of it and then we go into the the touch control i know element. i was watching someone the other day and he was he was touching he thought, what was he doing he was doing something and i was just thinking i cannot possibly touch what he's just touched because he literally got his mask and he went, he pulled and he got both sides and pulled it up and then did this and was that honestly he must have touched it about 10 times in about 20 seconds and then went to do something with food or so i can't remember what it was now and i remember physically recoiling from what this man was doing because he's just got no idea that he's just contaminated everything yeah yeah cool so nowadays. it's again we talk in my world about likelihood and probability but it's not eliminated. So that person fiddly diddling with their mask while they're blow drying hair because the mask isn't fitting because they've not kind of been educated on how to make it fit properly. Yeah. And this is when the government's talking our guidance about training, it's not just about the systems of controls, it's about the implementation and how to. Yeah. So I'm hoping 
moving forward it's something that I will address with yeah. stuff that I've got plans it was I mean I did you know when we went when we went back last summer and I you know I did little videos and stuff for my um just explaining how to put a mask on how to like twist or not twist the it, sides yeah. and you know how to pre-tailor it so you know wash your hands pre-tailor it you know put your pinch in you know sort your knots out or you know make sure you use a twist or two twists if you don't want to knot it and all that kind of stuff and make sure and I tried to enforce that with all my clients and over the, some of them didn't like being knotted because it made it too tight for them so in the end after a while I'll let them do their own or I'd have a selection of some unknotted and some knotted so that I could look at their faces and I'd make a, a, a generalization as to whether I thought they needed a, a larger space or <laughs> that go, I mean we're joking about it that goes back to the level of customer service and yeah. customer care yeah don't so, they, because they don't know what they're doing you know like, they're, they're Joe public you know we've had a level of of education and I could just remember watching I don't know if you saw it there was a um an American nurse who was a client of an American Nowtech who did this amazing donning and doffing video. And I, and I learned so much and so smart. I just sort of like try to educate all my clients with how that works. So after a couple of months, I did let them manage and I stopped controlling it quite so much. <laughs> Control freak. Yeah. yeah. With, it, it's even with like where I go and get my hair done, I'll wear my mask going in. But I'm given the option of a black type two mask that when my hair colour's going on, do I want to swap it over? Yeah. And it, it's just the simple things like that mm. that again set, I think, the difference. Yeah. A lot of my clients couldn't understand why I wouldn't let them wear a face covering um, and why I was providing them with a type two R. And it's like, well, because I know I for A, I know it's clean because I've just got it out of the box with clean hands. And it's gone into a sealed box for you to open when you get here. Um, you know, and it's all those silly things. You know, so I think people, a lot of people thought I was a bit mad. And I used to have this in between clients. I'd be there like making these boxes up so that had like their own file and their face mask had all these bits in that were just for them. But that, take, that takes me back, Sue, to, you know, and again, with all Adam, I used to have a client who used to go horse riding before she used to come in mm. for a bikini wax. Oh, so God, I, yeah, I, I, always used, I always used to do a little yeah, client yeah. care pack for her yeah. that she just thought was standard for everybody else. Um, but, you know, one of the questions that we used to ask was, are you coming straight from work? Then we'd have the care pack out, you know, or just yeah. little things yeah, that make it? the client feel safer, cleaner, cared yeah. for. Yeah, so where is, where is it always used to be? cleaner and cared for it's now safer cleaner cared for yeah and that I, I was the worst client I literally changed my hairdressing salon over the pandemic because I could see it wasn't right and I knew yeah. I knew I knew I'd, if I went in there and they did my hair perfectly and it was brilliant and I loved it but for me that level because of the ripple effect within my close family and what was going on with, with my close mm. family at the time I knew if I didn't feel safe and I didn't feel like it was clean and that they yeah. were doing over and above what the guidance yeah. said, taking aside what I do for a living, that there would be that fear factor for me yeah. of what if, what if, yeah. what if this is the place where, um, which is, I think, has settled down for the majority of people and complacency's kind of kicked in. Yeah, it is. Um, and now I think it's, it's on the rise again, isn't it? So, and I know I've got an appointment next week with a friend of mine to get a service done. 
and already I'm just like, oh my, because I've cancelled, I've cancelled all my social engagements because I want my Christmas to happen, and um, and, I, and I've got this appointment now, and I'm like, oh my god, but it's like, no, just stop overthinking it because I know yes. she she has the same level of protocols that I do. So um, it's about communicating that. that. This now is the right time to redo your video. Yeah. You know, dress up as Christmas elves, sugar plum fairies, whatever it is you want to do to soften it for your clients. Yeah. But go through, this is what we're still doing because yeah. that way you are going to win your clients. Yeah. You're going to win and your I think, clients. You know, clients, I mean, hosp- I, I mean, I feel so sorry for hospitality this week. I mean, the restaurant we were due to go to on oh, Saturday probably just lost about a thousand pounds from our table that we were going to be on with all our friends. But I can't take a chance and I know I'm not alone in that and I know there's hundreds and thousands of people that are cancelling it and I don't I'm I have to say I don't know that we're getting it across our industry currently I think everybody I think we've done such an amazing job yeah. of proving to people that we are safe that that will safeguard us um and but it is but doing if you can get back onto your um Facebook or your Instagram and just do something to let your clients know that you are still operating at the highest standard yeah and that you still have mitigated all of their risks as far as I'm you really, can really fair, there was um when I was on school run I can't remember what radio station it was on but they were doing a phone-in and a hair and beauty salon owner phoned up and they had lost in the past few weeks 200 bookings Wow, that's a lot. But my first default was why Haggard your marketing. Why? Yeah. Why? What's your marketing like? What's your messaging like? You know, we go back to no like trust, don't we? Yeah. All, all those fundamental basics of business. Transfer it into your health. Include your health and safety in it. Yeah. Because it is a PR exercise at the end of the day. And especially in these times, you know, your clients need to know that you are the safest place that they can possibly be to have their treatments. Don't well, it's also, re, let's talk about reasonable adjustment because I think that brings us nicely onto reasonable adjustment. Um, I'm, I'm going to drop a, drop a, nobody else knows this, but I've made a connection with... Um, somebody who works in equality we and diversity. Exclusive. Exclusive. We have an exclusive. And we are going to work on that. And I've, I, you know, bre- breaking my heart on Maggie's chat with the therapist, solopreneurs. I'll always have the solopreneurs back, always. You know, I am one. I've been one with Little Spa. And I caught, <laughs> week before my bloody wedding, seriously, Sue, I went and did a party and I got neurovirus nice because and the family knew the new that the kid had norovirus so i've got a real thing about keeping our solopreneurs safer um yeah help me lose me me few pound but my god i was ill um and it's that i am clinically vulnerable myself and my clients coming in and the fear of i can't reasonably practically turn them away mm. so i'm going to do some real deep diving get some education put together for our industry yeah that is legally legitimate that takes you through the steps of everything that you need to have in place to legitimately turn that person away so you yourself yeah. know it's the stress of the comeback i know you can turn that person away i yeah. can help you put that policy in place turn that person away but the fear factor, because you're this solo and it's your income and it's your yeah. world and it's your life and your passion, that fear that I saw 
I needed to do something about that. And I, do, I know you're saying it's a massive, massive problem, isn't it? And it's why some people worked illegally through the lockdown because of that fear of no income. Um, and but that's another whole ball game. But but that thing of like that, and we, we're seeing it across so many forums, and especially now. Um, that this is ramping up again of like how do I turn people down and you can because if your risk assessment protects you and says that you you know that you've got to protect your team you've got to protect the other clients and you know whatever status it may be whether you've got vulnerable workers um, and even you know do I put you know I've got a therapist that's not been vaccinated or they haven't done this and can they be on reception can I force them to be on reception you know there's there's so many I mean we, we could talk for hours about this Sam we have yeah. talked for hours about yeah. this previously <laughs> and um but it, but it is there's so many different things and if you can put something in place that gives people a legitimate way to we, we go back to the, the customer journey it, yeah. everything comes back to that discovery moment on your yeah. website on your social media and if you are vulnerable yourself then without you know telling people why but just communicating that I can't yeah and this is the reason that I can't yeah. but if you phone me I can refer you to COVID secure salons who have the same yeah. level like me and making that collaborative connection within your area yeah. Absolutely. um you know, it, it just becomes create the community rather than the competition yeah, there. Absolutely. And the thing is as well is that, you know, that, I mean, I know with um, with my place, most I've had a very large um, client base of retired um, ladies and they all, bar well, one or two came back because they knew that they were safe and they knew that I would allocate them a one to one appointment if I if they needed it. And, and I put that out there from the beginning. And I think, you know, and it was on my website, it was on my social media. And I think, and if you communicate effectively what your tolerances are, is that is maybe a way of expressing it, um, of what your tolerances are and what you're able to provide to people, then that should dis you know, should dissuade the people that want to have an argument with you. Because when I write when I write policy, I put wording into my policies that can be lifted out and transferred. Yeah. So it, it's a case of I don't just write your risk assessment with what I do. I look at your individual business. Yeah. And to say I look at it microscopically is an understatement of yeah. every eventuality for the people that you've got there. And that's the difference between your bog standard off of the HSE and somebody who is yeah. health and safety trained. Yeah, this like, is, the, the HSE website has got, you know, a, it's a font of information, tremendous. but you've got to interpret that. And I think that's part of that problem. And, and it is, and I think what you do, Sam, is you, you are, you're, with the, the knowledge that you're gaining from your level six is that you can interpret that and put it into a real working scenario for people in our industry, that the health and safety Brigade on the HSC don't actually do. No, doc not, not no document not there to do that. Yeah, no, no document, wherever your document comes from, can actually, unless you've got that within you, and I, I'm very much an analyst anyway. This mm. is what I do, what I do, and why I've, I've, I've sort of taught the way that I've taught um, in the past, that I just have a certain way of thinking and looking at things. Um, so again, if I can kind of transpose that in a way to people without continually being the COVID woman, but um, from how you're caring for yourself and your team. Yeah. Um, so again, we go back to the solopreneurs, you know, yeah. there, there's been a, a load of support out there, um, but it still makes me think who's sitting there in their car, 
just about to go into somebody's house who hasn't maybe done enough checks on that house and I'm not just talking yeah. about COVID I'm talking no. about loan working you know yeah. and it, it's I think we probably we should do because um, my sister was a Susie Lampley um, involved in that organisation through for education and stuff and she went out she underwent all of their training and she came into my college and and kind of gave us all I'm of, smiling uh, I know. I've, I've got and something I'm, brilliant walking <laughs> down the street lights reversing into spaces and doing all that stuff because my sister drummed it into my head and she came in and she had a chat with all of us when I was qualified as holistic therapist years ago and she sat and talked to us all and just explained how to work safely because we were all going to be doing mobile or do, you know doing that kind of thing or working from our own homes at that point and um and it's something that i factored into everything even in the salon when there's a couple of us there you know but we had like loan working policies and i think maybe we would come we'd come back and we do another episode all about loan working and personal safety because it's just because it's such a huge thing for especially for solopreneurs um and but also for salon owners as well it, it, go, exactly. it cuts across, there's bits of it that cuts across every area of our industry so we will come back and do that we do that in the video Fabulous. yeah but um anyway we probably we should probably think about wrapping up soon because <laughs> we we've we've been we've been on for 50 minutes or so already so so what I, I, I know but this is a problem but i know whenever we have a conversation it just goes <laughs> on because we both like chats um so where can what is so what are you going to be doing in the new year and how can people get in touch and connect with you well most <laughs> salons could probably really benefit from your safety uh, management systems so i've been doing safety management systems all the way through but my heart my heart has always been education and i can't not teach i don't like not having that that person to person um input so it's taken a while around everything else but i'm setting up two memberships one for salon one for solopreneurs Brilliant. the core of it is very very similar but with different nuances that are very much tailored for individual needs so i can't compete with big boys um, and i'm not going to but what i can do is strip it back and educate you and your team to deliver with the health and safety mind you know i've got the business background but i'm not going to really go into that i refer yeah. to people like yourself like carl like phil and ryan and, and I'm, not, I'm, not even, I'm not even started on my journey yet <laughs> <laughs> One day, yeah. you know it's that's what i mean about collaboration over competition that there are so many good business coaches but if i'm there on the ground doing something and i notice something i'm all i'm all i'm like a matchmaker i'll always say what oh, do you know about so-and-so or yeah. have you seen so-and-so you know that's that's just Eskimo carrots that I always used to sell um, and if I see an opportunity that somebody needs I will do that but what I do um, is I will provide toolboxes so the no-brainers I've been there I've been running a salon I've been running a column and you just need somebody to go there you go there's some information deliver that to your team that's what you need to do yeah so that's what I'm going to provide so I'm going to do toolboxes for the salons for the solos it's going to be more about time where you're communicating with the collective. Yeah. So with other people within the solo membership where you can talk about business and have more of the guest speaker element, the training element um, for the people who, who kind of want to ramp their business up and do it the right way. And, yeah. you know, cut the noise that goes on on Facebook of the, oh, I did this and I tried yeah. this and I did this. I and did you, this work. 
yeah. yeah so much time trying things that don't yeah. work for your business because you don't know how to analyze your business yeah so yeah. that's where the the collective will come in yeah um and then online it will be knowledge drops so one topic of, of cpd um where you can basically cherry pick kosh um hpv more kind of weird and wonderful contraindications that you you're might gonna not keep know making about. us think about genital warts aren't you yeah i know you've got to think about genital warts at some point because you you've you've whacked somebody with them let's face yeah. it and you've not known um i read some really weird <laughs> stats i'm so geeky about certain things but um that actually that came that whole thing came from talking to sam marshall way back when yeah. at the beginning of lockdown when she started on on her journey with what she's delivering now which is just amazing um and we were talking about hiv and then we started getting onto stis and then we started talking about hpv um and yeah it was just this realization of there's not enough information out there yeah. about some weird really and wonderful not. stuff so yeah I'll, I'll i'll take it by the short and curlies literally yeah and <laughs> you will <laughs> i'm really scared to talk about no, it no um, we need, though, it's like honest, it's honest conversation honest about day. some of the stuff that we deal with. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it, it does make us feel a little bit in the process. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, it's, but we've got to deal with it. Have to deal exactly. with it. Exactly. So it's the knowledge drops, the little tidbits of education, um, and then the programs. So the Safer Salon Champion program will be coming where you as a salon owner, you're doing enough. So why can't you have a designated member of staff who is your partner in health and safety crime yeah. to if you're away on holiday you know you've got it covered you know <laughs> or somebody can fill the paperwork out update it and has got that training the solopreneur program the safer solopreneur program is like my first baby along with the memberships and that is fundamentally about personal safety financial security and safety um yeah. your specific risk assessment for your business so no they haven't got the five employees no they don't have to have it written down but we go back to due diligence and if you have an insurance claim so for me it's i'm kind of like the cuddle yeah. the, it's okay i've padded you up well enough that if something happens you know that you've got that yeah. little barrier that yeah. you haven't got to have this blind panic and just getting people to think about it because you know as soon as you go on the HC website and you see that you don't need to have a risk assessment unless you have five employees or more um you know it drops thousands and thousands of businesses out of responsibility and in actual fact yeah. we still need to be responsible within our sector and it goes, it goes back to i call it your gold standard service yeah so if you're preaching good customer service you've got to include your health and safety in that yeah, absolutely so i think that's quite a good note yeah like to finish on absolutely i know and we haven't even covered self-care sam that's another one into, i know but but it's been a it's been a lovely conversation and um and i really hope that people embrace some of the the things that we've discussed and can get something very very useful for it to carry forward into 2022 which is going to be such a good year once we get past this variant <laughs> anyway i'm going to do my my, my six question my six quick question i can't say it today six quick <laughs> questions god 
You've been on the Baileys already, haven't you? I know. Yeah, this, <laughs> Happy this Christmas. Actually, yeah, yeah, triple vodka and cranberry. Yeah. <laughs> no, and drinking really cold tea. Simto, simto, simto. <laughs> All nice. Yeah. Anyway, so six quick questions, quick answers. But first thing comes into your head. So what makes you get out of bed every morning? My daughter. With the dog. Literally, <laughs> literally. Dragging you. Oh. Okay. What has been the happiest moment in your career to date? Oh, that would have to be when I was at Farnborough Tech and the team, we dragged the department from a failing four to a two and then a one in a very short space of time. Brilliant. And as, as a collective, um, I, I would say that's my proudest moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a nice one. Knowing what knowing what we were delivering to the students, yeah, was exceptional. Yeah. yeah, oh, that's good. So, what is the best piece of advice that you have been given, and did you listen, or did you have to learn the hard way? Oh, that's a self care one, and I had to learn the hard way. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get a bit deep. I had work related stress, so I have suffered with work related stress that took me off work, and that was I wouldn't listen to taking some time out for myself so oh no fine no fine no fine when that switch switches boy does it switch yeah so the best bit of advice was take time for yourself yeah and I learned the hard way to listen to it yeah I think so many of us do in this industry massively 100 percent what about our clients what about people pleasing yeah and we come way down first we need to please our own people first um, okay, if there's one thing you could change in your career, what would it be? I didn't take a job on a cruise ship. Oh, I know, and thank you so much for that lovely recommendation. To oh, my beautiful exchange. I, I was really wishing I'd done a cruise because I did. And when I was saying to her as well when we did that interview, and um, and I, I watched my neighbour who was a lot older than me. I say probably about five years older, but she she felt a lot older at the time, and she went off to work in Bermuda. And, um, and that was one of the things that inspired me to want to get into this industry because I wanted to go and live in Bermuda too. <laughs> and, and, I, and I still have never been to Bermuda. And um, Look, I know they have I... spiders that are about that big, which is a dinner plate size for those who <laughs> podcasts because you won't be able to see the video. But, and it terrified me and it did make me think maybe I don't want Bermuda, but I just want to live somewhere like it that doesn't that have was the spiders. Other, that was the other advice that I should have taken of it's only for a short space of time yeah. within your life. But I was too young, potentially quite naive, to kind of consider the implications of it's only six months, it's only 12 yeah. months. But it feels like a long time when you're yeah. young, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, like now, it's funny, like now we've sort of, like my business has sold and we've sold the house and we're about to move. I did say to, like, to um, Trev a few months ago, why don't we both go and work on cruise ships? <laughs> You know those like the expensive cruise, cruise ship programs? And I was like, we could go and do that. Do you know that? And he went, like, I don't think so. And I was like, no, it'd be amazing because he's a plumber and building trades. So I said, like, you can go on as like one of the maintenance crew, <laughs> and I can go on as a therapist. We will have an amazing time. And he really wasn't up for it. I was quite disappointed. Oh. And I do keep thinking, I might, I might actually, maybe, I don't know, because I'd love, I would love to. Maybe we should go and do it together, Sam. <laughs> just take off we'll go and we'll go and work to Spanta <laughs> anyway sorry digressing oh. massively um so what person place or experience has inspired you most professionally oh person 
I can think this is the thing I can think of five people. Mm. Um, that's a really difficult question. Really difficult. I know. Well, so I, I put this in because it's all about being inspired because it's all about inspiring salon professionals. So it's like what's what inspires us. If we're trying to inspire others by what we're saying, what inspired us to start with is like what? I think teaching, What in, if I take the teaching element and not the salon element, what inspired me to teach was sitting when I was at college mm. with my friend who had dyslexia and teaching her all the anatomy and physiology systems and the librarian walking past because we used to go in every day and I used to help her for a little bit every day and the librarian walking past and turning around and looking at me and saying you should teach mm. and it was a seed that was planted that stayed with me yeah. all the way through so yeah. yeah I didn't realize it was inspiring at the time yeah but I think if that person hadn't have said that to me I probably never would have even considered it yeah you just don't know, it's just it's those little moments, isn't it, sometimes, that just give you, it is that plant that seed that grows into, like, that humongous great oak tree. Exactly. That, um, that gives us the opportunity to do all the wonderful things we've done. Okay, so last question, and I really hope you've got a good answer for this one. <laughs> With your experience, you should have. What is the best treatment you've ever had, and where did you have it? Oh, you must have, you, I mean, you've done been on you've been around the block a bit i have the the best my favorite treatment my favorite treatment was always a spa envelopments mm. to do and to have because it was a whole out of body experience and it goes back to that level of service that you weren't left yeah the, the therapist hands were always touching you so that and singing bowls Oh, I yeah. found sound therapy late. And again, that's another, if I knew then what I know now, I would have 100% taken up restorative yoga in my 20s. Yeah. And gone and just taken that time out mm. to learn to breathe. Yeah. Simply learn to breathe. Maybe we should leave it there because that's a really nice note to leave it on. All about Definitely. And um, if we, you just stay there and I will finish, we'll finish the recording. And um, thank you so much for coming on, Sam. And it's been a pleasure, as always, talking to you. And um, there's just so many things to talk about. And Sam will come back next year and we'll do a whole a whole podcast all about loan working and um, do a couple. We'll just have a little session of, like, Sam and Sue show. <laughs> chat session. Come for the chat. Hello. Yeah, questions, questions went out the window today, didn't they, really? I did. But, um, so, anyway, thank you very much, Sam. And I will be loading this up and it will be live very soon. Thanks for having me, Sue. Appreciate okay. it. Thank you so much to Sam Blake there and I'm sure you realised we started off we were supposed to be talking about self-care and we didn't really get to that subject very much. We ended up talking a lot around health and safety more generally and um, with just a little bit of self-care. So I know um, afterwards Sam and I were discussing the fact that we will come back and, um, and look at self-care and at loan working again in the future. So, and you'll also, when I was editing this, it became very apparent that you could hear um, Sam's dog snoring in the background and um, and also her leather chair creaking, or was it? Um, anyway, that was a, a lovely interview with Sam and I hope that you can enjoy listening to it. There's some great tips in there about how to incorporate health and safety into your client journey. And 
We will see you next week when I will be talking to Marta Zuchowska, who is the wax specialist and who has just launched her first book on pregnancy waxing. So see you next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Inspiring Salon Professionals. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review and share with other industry professionals you think may enjoy the show too. For links and further information, you'll find those in the show notes or on my website, www.suedavies.org. You can also hear more from me and join the Inspiring Salon Professionals community on the Facebook group. Thanks again and see you next time. Bye for now.